Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 119. The, no, it's not the, it's just Cure. Ah, <laughs> nearly got you, didn't it? Uh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Gatecast. I almost caught out by the non-existent preposition. Sorry, Lion hadn't actually cocked his head yet. You were still sitting there and staring at me. Is he all right now? Is he ready? I think so. Also, that gave the DVD a chance to spin up. <laughs> Always useful. Physical media. <laughs> so many limitations. You've got to wait two or three seconds for it to play. Uh, I know. <laughs> I remember the tape days when... I was of the opinion when I got my first... Or I got access to an Atari ST, which was the first sort of non-tape-based machine I'd used, that it would kill conversation. Because at least with the tape-based games, you could sit there and chat to your friend for about five minutes while the damn thing loaded. <laughs> Yeah, turn the volume up and listen to it, beeping away, or screeching away, I should say. I remember the days when I could tell a good modem connection from the sound of it. <laughs> you could hear it connecting, and then you could hear it sort of actually attempting to connect again and increasing these slower speeds until you realised, I'm not playing Tournament Quake tonight, am I? <laughs> you might just be able to handle the BBS. <laughs> Pulp Audio Weekly at weekly.pulpaudio.com, where you can hear about TV and movies. War of the Worlds, Doctor Who, Monsters vs. Aliens, Push, Video Games, Mass Effect, Rock Band, Just Cause, World of Goo, Nexius, and a whole slew of geeky topics. Apple, Microsoft, Linux, The Sun, The Moon, Solar Sails, and Peeves, Twitter, Hulu, Google, Hubble, Obama, NASA, Jupiter, The Space Shuttle, and the FCC. All this and more every week at weekly.palpaudio.com. You tweeted about me being asleep. Well, you've taken a nap, weren't you? Right. Right, then she was asleep. One sec, I just got to do something. And that appears to be it. Okay, it's time to put away childish things. I say, this Logitech headset may be uncomfortable, but it works first time. Just plug it in and it works. No messing about. Clicking on groupie. Of course, if it were a real groupie, I wouldn't be clicking. Actual groupies are useful for other things. Okay, I've got no audio coming from the episode. That could be a problem. You've turned the closed captioning on. <laughs> oh, you watched the episode tonight because I saw a tweet about it, so you could just remember what the dialogue was. Did I tell you where I'm going in two and a half weeks? You may have done, but I don't know if I took any notice. Belfast. Oh, why? Cody Christian and oh, yeah, Pat Talman. Yeah. I posted on Pat's wall to say, looking forward to seeing you in Belfast in about three weeks. And training with Sayers, she replied, cool, looking forward to seeing you too. I'm thinking, that was nice of her. You know, a while back, this guy who came out with some theory that digital was evil, but analog was good. <laughs> digital was of the devil. Yeah, well. Ah, I have sound. Yeah. Yes, yeah, in terms of recording a podcast, it's useful to have sound. I'll tell you something, Windows 7, when it comes to, you know, manipulating audio devices, seems to be incredibly complex compared to XP. No, it's not that it's complex. In my experience, freshly supporting the damn thing, it tries to do everything for you and hide everything and actually getting in at the guts of the damn thing to yeah. fix stuff. But I still have to log on as local administrator under Windows 7 to do a lot of things, because it won't bloody let me. Yeah. Oh, you didn't see that from the fans of JMS page. And what was that? He was importing some video editing software yeah. that he wanted to use, but it was held at customs until he was prepared to sign a declaration saying it didn't contain anything obscene, salacious, or subversive. <laughs> Land of the free, him of the brave. Somebody posted, uh, you better not import V for Vendetta then. <laughs> Because that's both obscene and his objection was the fact that obscenity is subjective. Oh, very much so. On that note, Ivra 3, Ivra Doe, Ivra Hain, clicky. <laughs> that's all that's likely. Yep. And we have generic Matt pastoral scene. Ooh, pretty. Yes, she is. Sunny day. How strange in Vancouver. You sure this is Vancouver? <laughs> well, they could have moved out of state, I suppose. Hmm. 
He looks familiar. Which one? The soldier? The guy in the right in the sort of uniform with the Sam Brown belt. Tigar, Daryl Shuttleworth. That name rings faint bells. Been in Sanctuary and Supernatural, so you probably spotted him from there. Quite possibly. I'm only 14 episodes into Supernatural Season 5. <laughs> the Sam Brown belt, folks, is the official name for that thing that he's wearing, which goes diagonally across the chest and around the waist. The very first contact that we have made is with a race of humans that seem to be very much like us. Maybe you trust them without suspicion, but I cannot. Nevertheless, Commander, we must proceed. Yeah, here they are expecting dignitaries from Earth. The best that we can offer. The best, the brightest. Rob Cooper thought this would be a great joke to play. <laughs> could have been worse. It could have been Kinsey coming through. <laughs> we must be at our best to match the challenge. Personally, I cannot wait to meet a man of such genius. Howdy, folks. Ah, Corin. <laughs> <laughs> he smiles sort of curdling a little there, and the soldier looks positively ticked off. All he needs is a you know straw sticking out his mouth. That's a zeppelin, that is. And that looks like a redress set from the Daniel Gets All Spacey. <laughs> okay, why are we seeing Japanese influences when we're not seeing anyone even faintly oriental looking? Kind of clashes for me. Well, why should it? It's a totally alien culture. So non-gould? Well, well non-gould, yeah, but perhaps their environment was very much like Japan. You know, it's weather, it's resources. Lots of bamboo. Yeah, maybe. This set was actually totally redressed for this layout. And it was a former bicycle warehouse. Could be worse, could be a, what was it, bathtub factory? Hot tub, yeah. <laughs> Not referencing anything at all. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what that's a reference to, then uh, shame on you. From our study of the ancient temple, we have been able to deduce the Stargate was an interplanetary transportation device. But we haven't determined how to make a connection with the many worlds described in the writings in the temple. It took us a while to get the hang of it, too. We know that the symbols on the Stargate itself are the key, but as for the number and sequence to enter in the dialing device... We can definitely help you out there. That's it, Jonas. Don't go offering help until you've negotiated. Oh, yes, of course. We intend to allow you full access to our, our citizens, our uh, history, our culture, so that you may come to trust us. I hope we can reciprocate. We also want to make it clear that we intend to offer all that we can in trade for any knowledge or technology that you are willing to share. You'd think Jack, whenever he goes on a semi-diplomatic mission, fake illness or something, mm. sneak up. Yeah, yeah. Liquid. Ah, liquid. Kiss kisse. We call it Tritonin, Colonel. Now, it was written as Kool-Aid in the script, but <laughs> RDA decided not to use that and go with the French. Mm. Major Carter... From what you have told me about your world, your people suffer from a myriad of illnesses. Many of them are untreatable. Tritonin makes our immune systems impervious to any ailment. We live in perfect health. I guess he's been filming me in Canada for six years. And does that mean you don't get ill or you don't age or...? It is a little vague, isn't it? Yes, it is a bit. You credit tickets. Right then. The, no, I'm going to say The Cure then. <laughs> <laughs> Cure, written by Damien Kindler, his second episode for the series. Directed by Andy Makita. Uh. First aired, 16th of August 2002. Went into syndication, 24th of November 2003. That was quick. Well, not really. That's what, nearly a year and a half. Hmm, weren't the last one two years? Uh, I can't remember from last week. What's up with you? Or it could be that the last one aired sort of... Uh, yeah, never mind. Well, i say that's a US syndication. It probably aired in Canada and the UK well before then. But trying to find dates for that, even with Google and Wiki, is pretty difficult. So it doesn't share titles with anything from anywhere, then? Well, only episodes of Smallville and uh, Ultraman. Only worth talking about, really. Yeah, I mean, it's Smallville. Only ran for ten years. What is it you hope to achieve here, Jonas Quinn? I figure if we're going to learn about these people, the best place to start is at the beginning. Earthens. Uh, Earthling. Earthens. And <laughs> him. Well, none of you are Earthlings, really, when you come to think about it. Superman. Just members of the SGC and be done with it. It is a pleasure to meet the explorers from the planet Earth. 
Well, we're not originally from there. However, we have dedicated ourselves to the cause of the Tari. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, explanation, please. Earth. What? <laughs> Ignorant alien. Yeah, but she's cute and blonde. And it could be natural. Yes, being cute and blonde gets you a long way in life. We have learned much from the discovery of this site, but it must pale in comparison to what you can teach us. I don't know about that, but we'd love it if you showed us around. By all means, that was my intention. Well, once you're a complete bitch about it, yeah. The cute blonde, Zena Volk, played by Alison Hozak, Canadian actress, has been in one episode of Stargate Atlantis. She was also in Reaper, Supernatural, and Sanctuary. So, uh, probably a familiar face. God, I haven't seen Reaper in ages. The real discovery was made just over here. Although we fully admit Tritonin is not without side effects, we assure you the good it can do far outweighs any negative aspects. That looks like Ribena. It does a bit, don't Possibly it? what the Americans will call jello. Most people experience almost no reaction to it. Those who do merely require more regulated doses. We'll need a decent amount for testing. On Earth, of course. Yes, side effects. Never a good word. Of course, we will need something in return from you, as a measure of good faith. We've been authorized to give you these ten addresses. Didn't we go through this with the Nequadria? These are all peaceful worlds, safe from hostile forces, rich with historical relics and natural resources. Well, this is a very generous offer, Major, very generous. However, based on our own studies of the writings in the temple, we have compiled a list of the names of the worlds that we would like to visit. It's a bit deja vu, isn't it, really? Mm. Although there's more light in this set than there was on Jonas's world. Do you recognise any of these? Well, I'll have to cross-reference the Gwold names with our database of Stargate addresses, but offhand, I recognise these three, sir. They're classified off-limits. Gwold homeworlds. Yeah, uh, uh, fellas, you really don't want to go here. So we've given them vacation spots. And they counter with a small notebook of stuff. Yes, we want to go here, Gould Homewards. All right, you're new to this, so I'll catch you a break. Those are the worlds we wish to explore. We believe that they are significant to our history. Look, guys, we're not lying to you about this. You don't want to go there first time out, trust me. If you have been to these worlds and survived, can we not? It's no shocker that Jack doesn't know what he's looking at. All I'm trying to say to you is... It would be stupid. We are aware of the risks and believe the rewards are worth the potential consequences, as you and your people obviously do, Colonel. Please, Colonel, in exchange for the Tritonin, we are simply asking that you respect our wishes. When you look back, even SG-1 haven't visited many of the System Lord's homeworlds. Hmm. They visited, obviously, uh, gold-occupied worlds. Isn't he a bit sharp? He's military, isn't he? Bit of a dick, then. He'll learn. Right at this moment, we don't even know what their weapons technology is like. It doesn't look like they're that... They've got a ruddy Zeppelin, for God's sake. They're doing Fringe. Alternate Earth has uh, airships. Yes. Again. By Damien Kin, but there's still credits coming up. He was quite pleased, because he says he gets paid by the letter, and his name's come up twice as a writer and producer. <laughs> this location was actually part of a mountain. The road was cut straight into it. That's why most of the buildings and structure actually looks like it's slanted, because mm. it is. It is written in a rare dialect of ancient Goa'uld. <laughs> it always is, Tilk. An account of the warlord Chakrad. He was a system lord who was eventually defeated by Apophis about 300 years ago. Indeed. Until his defeat, it appears Pangar served as Chakran's homeworld. And what of the Goa'uld Apophis, the one who conquered Chakran? He was killed in battle not long ago. As I suspected, you have much wisdom to share. And this crypt is lit just by the three lights you can see. I know this because on the commentary, Jim Menard, DP, was there, and he's always uh, the expert at this sort of stuff. He takes great pride in uh, what he can do with the light bulb. There is something you need to know about the Tritonin. I'm not sure about this, Zena. She seems very flirtatious with both of these guys. Oh, dear. She's one of the overheard. Oh, no. Tell us, tell us it's it? not so... By the way, there's a bracket there. Resuming tour guide voice. <laughs> we're walking. And we're walking, yes. Well, that was 2010, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Which we recorded in 2009, I think. <laughs> yes, that artifact that the young woman was brushing down cost $90,000. What? <laughs> I think uh, Andy Mikita was uh, joking. <laughs> I hope he was joking. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> that does look like actual stone, though. All right, you guys keep digging, see what you can find. Carter and I will take a sample back of the SGC. That wasn't by any chance Dan Shea kneeling on the wooden platform there, was it? It kind of looked like him. With the uh, tash. Crossed screen in about a sixteenth of a second. Give me a chance. <laughs> looks like an actual oil lamp. It's a light bulb. 
Yes, but it looks like an island. <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> Jonas. Dr. Paul. Please call me Zena. That's coming. It's slow and painstaking. Any help you're willing to give me. Oh, don't worry. He'll give you something. Hmm. I imagine Jonas has been lonely these last few months. Boy, handsome young chap like that on uh, Kelowna would have had a regular thingy. Well, have they actually let him off base yet? Or an escorted? There are female SOs on base. Yeah, but they're on duty. This is a Stargate universe. <laughs> Where everyone sleeps with everyone? <laughs> yes. While they're on duty in supply closets. Why would they be on duty in a supply closet? You're leaving that in. I know you're leaving that in. No one's coming. Tilka's up there standing guard. You can talk to me. I don't have anything to say. Hey, Zena. If you know something... No, I don't. Oh, dear. Tilk, something suspicious. His radar just went off. Tilk looks rather robotic at the moment. As opposed to his more usual, uh, bright, flexible, yeah. open, emotional condition. Nothing. Someone must have got to her. Yeah, it's weird. I see boards flying across the scene like that, and I kept expecting to see a death glider. Usually when we get a long shot like that, especially for halfway into the episode. <laughs> I like these two working together. Hmm. It looks like, you know, over the months... Oh, of... look, it's a ghoul-style tent. Well, it's Eddie-style. It's a tent. Blah. Blah. Yeah, you know, the first planet. The first planet? Yes. What, Tilk's homeworld? No, the other one. Oh, uh, Abydos. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I had to think what you were thinking. <laughs> You're in my head. Our minds are becoming what? Under the bed, Jonas. Look under the bed. Damien Kinlat wrote this story on his Mac. When it was transcribed to the PC format, the actual show users, it went down from 48 pages to 40 pages, which is too short for the show. <laughs> right away. Oh, my. A centerfold. It's a robot centerfold. Did you recognize that? <laughs> it looked like a circuit diagram. I'm just not sure what for. A Mac. What? It was a Mac circuit diagram. Hmm. I got something. She's on Tritona herself. It looks like she has regular appointments to get injections. Continue. I was thinking we go and check out the place to get their shots. I found a map of the city. I'm pretty sure I can get us there. Let's do it. That's What's that weird blue overlay? That's nighttime. This was shot at 4 p.m. in the afternoon but that is probably one of the worst special effects I've ever seen. The blue thing? Yeah, the filter. It's an awful filter. Yeah. This on the other one, this looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. That actually looks genuinely dark. Well, that's it. The only light there was the two flashlights. And presumably a low-light camera. This is shot at the Riverview Hospital, which they've used before. Looks like this is where they actually make the drug as well as administer it. This way. That looks like a set of Doctor Who. A former power plant of some sort. Yeah, come on, sort of old industrial thing that Doctor Who lives in. New and old. Well, in this case, it's the University of British Columbia. It's the big wave pool. Ooh. I think this is where they also filmed <laughs> Descent. No, it is not. Of course, in this case, we cannot see the symbiotes because the water had to be dyed really dark so you wouldn't see the bubble-making machines. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Go out in the outs. Are you sure? Yes. And there are a great many. Of course it's your Jonas. He should recognise wiggling around inside it. What are they doing? Who's there? Identify yourselves! Stop! Or I'll shout, stop again. Oh, dear. Yeah, not exactly what you want to fall into, is it? No. <laughs> Fuck, we're going to jump right in there. I'll save you, Jonas. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> I think we'll talk from guns. <laughs> It literally looked like a piece of rubber hose pipe coming after him. 
that stunt was done by Bam Bam, who later went on to do all the stunt work for Stargate Atlantis, the stunt coordinator. Yes. Please turn that alarm up. Century number three. A large vertical entry wound. <laughs> He's got one in him. Stand aside. Lower your weapon! <laughs> I will shoot him. He's my friend. He's You're not going to shoot Bob. It's Dude. Bob. <laughs> Something's not right. This guy's completely out of it. Lower your weapon now! i got to wonder, though, would they, given that it's essentially electrical energy and given that he's soaking, <laughs> yeah. would it do more damage? Tilt's got his rubber boots on. <laughs> no, but I'm talking about your man that he's about to shoot. Well, Tilt, I imagine, was going to kill him. Huh. Not sort of stun him and then extract the symbiote? Would you care to tell us what you were doing at the Tritonin facility? You want to tell us why you have a pool full of ghoul symbiotes? <laughs> Jack, not happy. <laughs> You're raising ghouls. When were you going to tell us that? The symbiotes are a critical component to making tritonin. Excuse me? It is a complicated process, one which is better explained by our scientists. Surprises <laughs> all around at the moment, isn't there? Yeah. yeah, we'll tell you eventually. We just wanted to first assess how you might react. How so you react? Not well. Master of understatement. The gold are mortal enemies who have enslaved countless humans. Where is the harm in using them to enhance our quality of life? Do you really understand the risks involved? We have been using the same method to produce tritonin for nearly 30 years. We take every precaution possible to protect our people. How were these symbiotes procured? Yeah, for people who haven't mastered gate travel, you sure got a lot of them. Yes, only four or five people fall into the pool each year. Jack is desperately trying to wrap his head around this idea. <laughs> yeah, so that you look a bit shifty now, don't you? Oh, dear. <laughs> we'll tell you something else, and after this, no more secrets. Promise. I recognise his voice more than anything else. I get the impression he's done some under the rubber mask work. I'm not sure about that. It's Malcolm Stewart. He's been in Fringe and Battlestar. Hmm. Now, through here is the reason we were able to create Tritonin in the first place. The symbiotes were not procured through gate travel. Our symbiotes are all bred here in captivity. Oh, now that's the first time we've seen a gold queen in a native form. Mm. I have to say, Hathor looked nicer. I was going to say, and how the hell is that going to fit inside somebody's head? If you look more closely, the actual front part of the creature okay. is the symbiote. The rear part is all the egg sac, which probably can grow and shrink as and when required. Is there nothing you can do to help him? What's his condition? Well, his lower brain functions seem to be intact. His breathing and heart rate are normal, but he is completely unresponsive to any stimulus. Oh, it doesn't make sense. Tilk. Prior to the process of incubating Goa'uld symbiotes using Jaffa, the blending between Goa'uld and host had only a one in two chance of success. Jaffa were created for the very reason of improving the ability of the symbiote to take human hosts. So the fact that this symbiote was raised in a tank could explain the coma-like state. To the best of my knowledge, a failed blending results in death to both Goa'uld and Host. This man is very much alive. That didn't sound like Tilk. <laughs> that sounded like Christopher Judge. <laughs> because that's a, lot, that's a lot of information in a short space of time, yes. which Tilk probably shouldn't have known anyway. That's information you wouldn't tell a Jaffa. Ah, uh, Braytag might. I'd be surprised... No, well, I suppose Braytap might come across that information while being subversive. Perhaps uh, Teal and Jacob are chatting. Yeah, maybe. Although I can't imagine them sitting down for a pint, can you? <laughs> no. Hindered the development of the symbiote? This I do not know. Colonel, I recommend we contact the Tokra. They may have a deeper understanding into this man's condition. Yeah, because that's a really good idea. Especially like what's up to what happens. Who are the Tokra? Oh. Uh, Basically, they're an offshoot of the Gua'uld who oppose them philosophically in every way. You propose to bring these Gua'uld here? They're very different. They coexist with their hosts in a much truer symbiotic relationship. They are, in fact, allies. And they can help. We'll see. Yes, this Dolan has every right to be sceptical, because even now, Jack doesn't trust them. Hi. Hello. <laughs> knock, knock. I have an admission to make. Booty call. 
You know Teal'c and I tracked down the Tritone facility. Yes, I heard. Yeah. Your attitude seems to have changed. Well, I did it by going through your stuff when you weren't here. I was wrong. I know. Well, you know it was wrong or... I know what you did. I saw you. Really? Because I thought that we were... We were... That's so good. <laughs> Jones, is this my best side? Shall I nonchalantly lean over here? Yes. How can you nonchalantly lean in a tent? He's doing it. <laughs> there isn't a solid surface to rest against apart from possibly the pole. No, I never would have done this had you not come to me first. I should have told you outright. I was afraid. Tritonin is not available to everyone in Pangar yet. Taking it is a privilege. One that can be revoked. I hope I didn't get you in trouble. No. But our relationship, our people's relationship, if we ever are to trust each other, we're not off to a very good start. I know. You could make it up to me. She should make up her mind. She's very... Uh... Get the impression she's nearly possessed. I honestly don't remember, so don't tell me. <laughs> In the commentary, Damien actually said the flirtation between Jonas and Zena wasn't in the actual original draft. Again, this is something Rob Cooper decided to add. The transcript at this point, Jonas smiles tightly at her slip-up. This isn't about planetary alliance. They're flirting. Yes, very much so. And rightfully so. Like, he's a young guy. Yeah, she's Possibly pretty. Possibly a young girl. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Depends how long she's been in Tritona, doesn't it? That's what I was thinking. She could be a lot older than she appears. The knowledge imparted on her young by a queen is done so voluntarily. In this case, if nothing were passed on to this symbiote, it would be, uh, as you say, an empty vessel. Oh, look, we've got back Malak from uh, last week's episode, Allegiance. It's one of the good things about the Tok'ra. Just when you think you've killed them all off, another one pops up. Yes, well, that's what keeps happening. The other Tok'ra is Kelmar, played by Gwyneth Walsh. She's been in uh, Tin Man, the uh, sci-fi miniseries, Supernatural, Smallville, and a few years back, NYPD Blue. She is extremely old. She's been kept in this manner for decades? According to the Pangarans, they began using her for medical experiments over 50 years ago. She's been breeding symbiotes to make Tritonin for more than half that time. A nice mix of practical effects and CGI. The tank and all the cabling are real, but the liquid and the actual queen are CGI. It seems a rather dark and dingy room to have this specimen in, compared to the rest of the buildings we've seen, which are all very open plan. Maybe they feel shame. You think? <laughs> and why you guys take hosts? It is impressive that a primitive human culture could develop this process of creating such a drug. Does it bother you at all that they use ghouls like this? No. Okay. The Gua'uld have done no worse than this to humans for centuries. That the Pangarans can use them for a beneficial result is surprising, but not morally objectionable to me. That's interesting, isn't it? You might have thought that the Tok'ra would be rather annoyed about this. Mm -hmm. But he says, look, the Gua'uld would have been uh, doing far worse to uh, humans for thousands of years. This is nothing. My scans indicate massive cellular degeneration. Quite simply, she's dying. How much of the population knows about this creature's existence? I mean, if this was Earth, this would be some corporation who's kept it secret. Mm. The Pangarin's totally sugar-coated the whole side effect aspect of the drug. Well, that's a shock, isn't it? While Tritona does appear to cure most diseases, it ultimately creates far bigger problems than it solves. How so? The drug acts like a symbiote in many ways. Upon entering the user's bloodstream, it immediately takes over, completely suppressing the normal human immune system. The result is a powerful resistance to disease. But... The healing effect is not permanent, and the user's own immune system remains suppressed. So, Tritonin, useless, eh, Janet? We'll remember that. We never create enough to sustain our population. I don't know how the Pangarans can make enough for their population. They don't. Only about 20% are on it, and they seem to be running into a wall as far as production's concerned. They suck the queen dry, Doc. Mm. <laughs> yes, very succinct there, Jack, thank you. As far as I know, there's no way to reverse the drug's effects. If their queen is dying, as you say, it's just a matter of time before anyone currently living off Tritonin will be facing death as well. Okay. Don't yell out. Speak up, General. Say something. Yes. Move, at least. Go on, General. Here's your chance. Go on. No. Oh, missed it. So you wanted the gate addresses to the Gould Worlds because you wanted to snag another queen? 
Colonel, we have no choice but to replace the one we have. Exactly. How did you get to this point? Sixty years ago, our archaeologists discovered a secret chamber beneath the temple. We found a sealed canopic jar containing a living female symbiote, perfectly preserved in stasis. Apart from Hathor, isn't this the first queen that SG-1 have seen? Yes. And Hathor wasn't exactly feeling cooperative? These people have a kind of skewed idea of what the gold are actually all about. Just because they found one all intact in some ruins, they oh, we can go to any world and find them. Yeah, a little sinister, isn't it? Well, it's probably just exactly what we'd do. We wouldn't really ask questions. We wouldn't want to ask questions in case we got the wrong answers. It's like in the Alien series with a creature, you know. OK, it, it could destroy us, but let's get it and experiment on it and see what we can make from it. We were confident that we could solve the problems. We limited the use, but ultimately... We didn't see why we shouldn't begin to reap the benefits while working to overcome the downside. We know the risks in confronting the Goa'uld. You do not know the risks, mate. You don't. They'll arrive from orbit and just level the planet. You'd think Jack would actually jump in on that, but then again, perhaps he's saying, look, I said all of this a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I'm not going to repeat myself. Here, here's a transcript of what I said last time. <laughs> go, go to this website address. Yes. <laughs> Here's a wireless thing, just dial out so you can access the internet, and there it is. Usually. Besides, we need to get you off the Tritonin, not find another source. Our scientists have been trying for years to find a way to reverse its effects. We've made very little progress. That's a great thing about scientific discovery. You can make a breakthrough, then hit a brick wall the next day. And 20 years later, you're still hitting the same brick wall. The question is, do they want... Scientists can be remarkably blind, and it can be extremely difficult to go up against established theory. One scientist could have said, oh, well, we can try this. And the other guy goes, why, it works. We've got the queen. It won't be solved in our lifetime. Why bother? Yeah, and they get the grant for it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I want my PhD out of this. And when we run out, those of us taking it are going to die. Well, not if we can help you find some kind of antidote. Do you think that's possible? Anything's possible. Tilt squirting away with a little air puffer, letting Jonas have a free run. Mm -hmm. Tilt the wingman. Tilt has a wife. She's dead. Maybe unlike Daniel Jackson, he actually mourns her. He doesn't pounce on the first cute female scientist he meets. <laughs> she was the love of my life. Hello. He'll <laughs> never live that down. <laughs> well, you pointed it out. I'm just agreeing with you. Those of you who missed, please listen to the previous uh, 114 episodes or so. It's in there somewhere. Of course, he had no way of knowing that his discovery would eventually doom so many people. The result is not his fault. He seems to be brushing mm. an area that's deep in shadow. Perhaps he's got very good eyesight. Oh, he's taking a paintbrush. He's critiquing. Teal. Didn't you say this temple was built by Shock Ra? It was. Well, why does this section of the fresco mention Ra? Thank you, Daniel. I mean, Jonas. Who's Ra? Ra was a powerful system lord. Brother of Apophis. He too is dead. Well, according to this, Ra used to live here. Ooh, that, that's nice. The little whirlpool. Mm. I wonder how long it took him to get that working. For about three seconds on screen. I missed out on transcript. The best we might be able to do is essentially provide an antidote that would allow their normal immune systems to regenerate. They would not possess the superior health that they do now. And how long would it take to go from theoretical to enough for everyone. More exposition. There is, it is a fairly dialogue-packed episode, isn't it? There is a lot of standing around talking. I'm from some unusual places. Hmm. We will begin immediately. It is possible that Shakran captured this world from Ra in battle. Tilk, feel free to go over there and actually look what Jonas is doing. Leave that wall alone with your little puffer. Yeah, Tilk. Your little puffer, Tilk. It comes back from mission. What you got, Tilk? A souvenir. <laughs> you press it and it goes poof. I can think of all sorts of uses. Tilk likes things that go poof. I'm sure he likes things that go poof. Everybody likes things that go poof. I'm just not going to go there any further. I think I've gone quite far enough with that statement. Oh, dear. Yeah, Tilk's put two and two together a little quicker than Jonas. Mm -hmm. Which is fair, because Jonas is just reading from Daniel's notebooks anyway. Betrayer of the gold, may she suffer for all eternity. 
Nigeria. Dr. Jackson's notes mention her. Isn't she supposed to have been killed? Indeed she was. But this one seems to indicate otherwise. That means... The queen the Pangarans are breeding is not Goa'uld. She is the origin of the Tok'ra. The Tok'ra. Da, da, da. <laughs> Sorry, the transcript just before Teok says this. The transcript has Teok. Brackish. Oh, crap. Brackish. <laughs> Descriptive and accurate. <laughs> Ra used this planet as his base of operations in this sector of the galaxy. Centuries later, a rival Goa'uld named Shakra and captured this world in battle, forcing Ra to abandon it. Question is, do we tell Malik and Kelma? I would. Chances are they'll find out sooner or later. If we remain silent, the Pangarans will continue to use Egeria as a source for their drug until she is dead. And if we don't find a way to get them off the drug, they're going to die eventually anyway. So, if nothing's done, they die. Mm. If something's done, they still die. Yes. We have to tell them. You think, Jack? Really? <laughs> I'm amazed. Have they got our gate address? If not, let's go. <laughs> Mike is described as stunned here. Yeah. Duh. Well, the possibilities, if Egeria was healthy and could have more uh, Tok'ra... Oh, yeah, they could, actually. Assuming they could find hosts. I wonder, I'm sure Pangarans would volunteer to be hosts. They probably would, yeah. Well, you can be a host, or you can die from Tritonin withdrawal, because we're not going to help you. Screw you. <laughs> well, not only that, you could go to, the, I don't know, probably 80% of the population that don't get their Tritonin. <laughs> Tritonin, be a host, and they'll jump at it. Unfortunately, finding an antidote to the Tritonin may be more problematic than we at first hoped. And why is that? There is something unusual about the genetic structure of the symbionts, beyond their lack of knowledge. In fact, the Tritonin should be working far better than it does, and we're not sure why it doesn't. We cannot seem to identify the defective gene that is causing its effects to break down. Yes, not so clever, Tok'ra. And Jack, ever not entirely ready to trust Tok'ra? At this moment, all I can say is it is mystery. What, you're suddenly stumped? I understand the implication, Colonel. This revelation about Egeria is in no way affecting our analysis of the Tritonin. As of right now, we cannot help the Pangarans. Now, was that on the level, or was that just, oh dear, we can't help them? Yeah, well... We could not have known. Surely the Tok'ra don't hold us directly responsible. They're demanding the immediate release of their queen. How could we? It would doom thousands without a remedy. The Tok'ra have suffered great losses in the last little while. Their numbers are severely diminished. Restoring Egeria's health may be their only hope of survival as a people. Put it this way, that there are enough Tok'ra still left, and they've got enough ships still left to level this planet if they yeah. chose to. Granted, they don't normally do that sort of thing, but to get their queen back. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you asked the impossible. She is our queen. Her freedom is not open for negotiation. We deeply regret who she is, but freeing her would mean death for many of our people. Unless, of course, you can offer an alternative. Malik and Kelma are having trouble locating a particular element in the symbiote's genetic structure. Obviously, until they do, the chances of synthesizing an antidote are slim. Then we have no choice. You do not understand. Her existence is a miracle to the Tok'ra. We are also a dying race. You may lose thousands. Our kind will become extinct. Oh, dear. He's ticked off. <laughs> Why does Tok'ra seem to pick such you know, good-looking hosts? Exception of Jacob, everyone seems to be sort of, you know, pretty. Well, that Earth people, you see, you know, we're not the prettiest in the galaxy, but we're tenacious and determined. It makes up for a lot. The guy playing, he's reasonably good, though. This is a bit I don't understand. In what way? In that, what she's about to do. Yeah, Kelmar, Tok'ra inside the host, is going to sacrifice herself but... to let Ajira take a new body. Yeah, and Ajira's not going to fit in Kelmar. That's what I said before. The bulk of the queen is the egg sac, which only grows when she's going to lay symbiotes. So she can probably just disengage from that, leave all that garbage behind, and become the symbiote as we know it. Why didn't she jump into the feckin' tank? She'd get all wet. No, I mean the symbiote, yeah. Well, where could it go? Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Is that... Was that... Gilma has given her life for our queen. Her host belongs to Egeria now. Well, the problem is, though, it, how did it get out? Mm. I thought, you know, it, mm, let it pass. I like this line from Jack. I bet the Pangarans would give up the Queen if the Toker would hand over the antidote. You think they know how to save the Pangarans and are withholding a cure? 
To get what they wanted? Yeah, sure. Sir, with all due respect, I disagree. Carter, they're pissed off. Wouldn't you be? They just discovered that the founder of their race has been abused for the sake of medical experimentation for over 50 years. Oh, come on, Carter, face it. For all their high morals and fancy preaching about coexisting with humans, we are just a nice place to live. <laughs> Jack, just because you had one experience, trust Jack to get the lunatic toker. Well, to be fair, as we've seen in that episode, it, it was Jack's own ethics that kind of prompted Ganon to actually go crazy and try to rescue that woman. And that one line is so very different from a gold. Hey, Julia, it is an honor. Rise, Marlon. You are not my servant. Yes, you are not my servant. You don't bow to me. Mm-hmm. You imagine Raw actually saying that. <laughs> you bloody well better bow to me. Yes. <laughs> Lower. <laughs> Save your strength, my queen. Your people need you now more than ever. Kilmer's assessment of my condition was correct, Malik. My time is almost done. I shall not live long enough to see more of my children. She probably remembers giving birth to him. Couldn't a queen give birth to another queen? How do queens breed? Have we gone into ghoul genetics to that extent? I don't believe we have. Breeding cycle of the average ghoul. Perhaps they have to actually make a conscious decision to have a female. Hmm. And of course, they don't. Especially the ghoul queens, because why would they want the competition? Mm-hmm. These are the Tauri who ally themselves with the Tokra. I know. Come forward. My host tells me you seek to help the Bangarans despite what they have done to me. This has all been a terrible mistake, but not a malicious act. No, it was mine, Major Carter. Is this a whole week of shooting of good weather? Was this the Canadian summer? <laughs> Could have been two or three Canadian summers stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> we have a sunny day. Quick, get out there. Shoot some of this episode. Yeah, just shoot anything. We'll write a story around it. She seems upset. Of course, she's on the rugs and she's just thinking, crap, I'm only 200. You know, back on my home planet, my people discovered a, a substance that had an incredible potential to generate energy. After years of research, it's serious lack of moral fortitude. They used it to make a bomb. Yes? Where's the upside in this, Jonas? Please tell us. <laughs> the point is, your people had good intentions. We thought we had found the cure for all disease. Now it may kill so many of us. It sounds like a lot of drugs on the market. Yes. They kill one in a hundred. Mm, reasonable. Die, but I am afraid that my people will not have learned from this. I think they already have. At which point any normal half-human male will go, well, since you're going to die anyway, you're shag. <laughs> Might as well go out and hide. Given Jonas's capability of research and apparently almost superhuman abilities, I'm sure he's very good in bed. You were unable to construct an antidote because of the manner in which I sabotaged my young. I did it in the hope that they would ultimately prove useless to the Pangarans. I wanted to force them to abandon their research once the drug proved untenable. Instead, they continued to make it in ever-increasing quantities. And now they can't live without it. Yeah, For the latter three days of shooting, you're just going to lie flat on your back and talk and look sort of sympathetic. Most of your lines would be done in bed. <laughs> oh, that could go so many ways. <laughs> Again, this was a Rob Cooper suggestion when uh, Damien was writing the final act of the story looking for... Uh, some way to wrap everything up. Rob came up with the idea that the Queen herself was sabotaging a young, mm-hmm. corrupt the Tritonin. Obviously it didn't work. All they did was kind of breed her even more aggressively. Thank you. On behalf of our people, please forgive us for what we have done to you. Had we known, we... the salvation of the Pangarans shall be my final act. Such is the spirit of Tukra, that I wish to live on. Could this be a happy ending? 
Well, no, she's going to bloody die, so... No, yeah, but that's a foregone conclusion, but she's going to save these people. So, is she also going to save the host? Oh, no, the host is dying. No, the queen is dying. The host isn't. The host is dead. Long live the host. Why didn't they coerce her there? Research. I wonder if they're going to do the traditional token burial. I imagine they want to do a lot of research, because combined the Tritonin, we're having queen, even a dead queen. There must be uh, lots of experimentation they can do. So, so if the queen is dead, and that's about it, really. It is our hope we will be able to repair any mistrust that may have developed between us so that we can pursue a long-lasting friendship between our people far into the future. Well said. A long-lasting friendship. Will we see them again? Well... We may see Tritonin mentioned. Any people who have security guards wearing those daft hats, we just don't want to know. Yeah, those symbols didn't appear to light up properly as she touched them. And that was Cure. Not the Cure, not a Cure, just Cure. Hmm. Interesting episode. And one of those episodes that when you look back on it, you realise the significance, but you don't at the time. Had the origins of the Tokra, which certainly you weren't expecting. And the first time you're watching the episode, that is not telegraphed at all. No. That was like a... Uh, oh, yeah, you start off with, uh, oh, we've got a wonder drug. Oh, fantastic. How do you make it? Oh, with gold. Where'd you get the gold? Oh, from a queen. <laughs> Who's the queen? The Tokra queen. And she's dying. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. Jack Oops. is like, you know, sap, 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 sap. You get the feeling if Jacob had been in this episode, he would have been angry. <laughs> He probably couldn't have played the role like Malik played it. No. You could have had some nice, you know, like, Sam and Dad moments. Just say the word. Open the iris. Time for this week's feedback, and truth be told, from a little further back in terms of iTunes. We've had a new iTunes review by Colin, the host of Trek News and Views, so that makes a grand total of two reviews on the UK iTunes portal. Michael wrote, If you're a Stargate fan, this podcast is for you. Really good commentary. Nice work, lads. Colin posted... Quite simply, the only Stargate podcast you should be listening to. Knowledge, insight, humour and well presented. Dial up this destination, download it now. Cheers guys, and thanks for the five stars. On the US iTunes portal, we now have seven reviews with an average 4.5 stars. Not bad at all. Daniel, our occasional guest host, posted a review last December, and the latest this month is from Dan LaRock, and he says, I'll agree with some of the other reviewers here and say I love the format. Alan and Mike are very funny too. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. An overlooked review on the Australian portal from Jilly5888 from last year. Another five stars, and she said, Love the podcast. Informative views on my favourite sci-fi show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jilly. If nothing else, this update on our iTunes reviews underlines the fragmentation of this resource. So if you do post a review, which we would appreciate, then let us know. Even those on the UK portal, which is our default, often get overlooked. Quick hello to our latest Gatecast Facebook group member, Jane Lazarova. And here is the feedback from that particular part of the universe. Thomas Shot in reference to Allegiance, that I haven't listened yet, but why are you looking for a guest host and for which episodes? To which you replied, it's nice to have a third voice and viewpoint in the app we are watching. Not every week since that's the editing time, but I think those episode guests have all been good. And Thomas said, I agree, I really enjoyed the app I was on. To which I replied, then come back Thomas, all is forgiven. And I got the reaction I was aiming for. Because he's like, in uppercase, forgiven. As I had to be forgiven, then why do I even listen? Lol. <laughs> the episodes where we have had guests have been a lot of fun. It's always tricky when most of our guests have been uh, overseas. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we can work something out if somebody's interested. The other post is something you did today, which was uh, Zelenka's birthday. Come Well, that was pretty much it, folks. Next week's episode is entitled Prometheus, which in memory serves as a big, chunky spaceship. Rogue NID officers hijack the X-303 spaceship with Carter and Jonas on board, demanding Adrian Conrad be brought to the ship. Using his ghoul knowledge, Conrad activates the X-303 and takes it light years from Earth as Anil and Teok stage a daring rescue. Not a single exclamation mark. I'm sad and disappointed. <laughs> you should never miss the opportunity for an exclamation mark. Indeed not. It sounds like a good episode, if I remember correctly. It is a good episode. Yeah, it's a character episode. You, well, you can't go wrong. When a science fiction series get their own spaceships. <laughs> Yay! <laughs>
on the next Stargate SG-1. This is an insanely bad idea. A top-secret spacecraft is discovered. Prometheus incorporates both human and alien technology. And falls into the hands of a ruthless enemy. What the hell's going on? Shut up. They've taken control. This is supposedly the most secure facility on the face of the planet. They've taken hostages. Give me those settings now. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, what will it take? Is there any chance they can get that ship off the ground? To stop them. Take us out of here. Richard Dean Anderson stars. Major Carter may still succeed in disabling the ship. By the time they reach orbit, she'll be dead. On the next Stargate SG-1. Please be advised, these are the current communication protocols. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast and our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. You can also be found on iTunes, and that's one portal where any comments and reviews would be most welcome. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. And even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. I think we should take that as a sign to go away. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. I call this a successful mint test due to all the problems being on your end. (laughs) Mint is fine. It operated perfectly smoothly and mentally. Oh, Winners Explorers crush now. <laughs> it's all coming apart, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Never mind this kind of thing. I would actually run a hardware scan on your disc. Yes. <laughs> because it's possible all these power cuts have actually done damage to it. I know in... in, in oh, Bing. Oh, this looks promising. I'll be back. Oh, everything's back again. That's good. So I'm happier. Anyway, I'm going to hang up before your computer actually explodes. If you hear a scream, then that's me done for the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. As always, any and all feedback is appreciated. Give more. Even if it's critical, we all like to receive it. If you think there's a way the cast could get better. I personally don't, but hey, why not? (laughs) (laughs) On that slightly controversial desperate attempt to get feedback on any cast note. We'll bid you good evening. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.